Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. My name is Heather, so I'll give you some news and views from a West Texans biblical point of view. One you're not going to find in your mainstream media. Hey guys, welcome to uh, today's episode. I may do two episodes today. You're not going to believe it, but I'm going to tell you, you might believe it. Growing concerns over massive tsunami potential for the West Coast. Yes, guys, experts are deeply concerned after discovering a crack at the bottom of the ocean. The hole just 50 miles off the coast of Oregon is spewing hot liquid that scientists warn could spark a magnitude 9 earthquake with the potential to devastate the West Coast. Oh, boy, you guys We'll talk a little bit about that. Homeless encampments explode all over America as rent soar and eviction surge. Just like in 2008 and 2009, large numbers of people that have lost their jobs or their businesses are ending up uh, living in the streets. And as just, I'm sorry, and as a result, homelessness encampments are absolutely exploding in size from coast to coast. And folks, I am so disheartened about this next one I'm going to tell you guys about. Absolutely hurts my heart. World's largest Baptist university hosts hosts queer sex ed night. Yes, folks. Founded in 1845 and claiming 16,000 students, Baylor University is the world's largest Baptist university and also one of the oldest. It is the oldest perpetually operating university in Texas, but that didn't stop it from giving in to woke theology. Now, folks, Baptist, uh, Baylor Baptist has given in to woke theology liberal uh, a long time ago, a long time ago. So it's not really shocking to me, but it is sad. It's very sad. Anyway, new Biden policy promotes woke social agenda using U.S. foreign assistance. Many Americans are unaware that the Biden administration is using their tax money to fund and compel radical social activism in developing countries around the world. And this is very sad, guys. Islam grows as the West sleeps. More practicing Muslims than Catholics in France. Guys, this is so sad. For the first time in modern history, there are more practicing Muslims in France than practicing Catholics. This unprecedented civilizational change has been like a frog slowly boiling in hot water, as most of the West has been both ignorant and apathetic, yet has profound significance for all of Europe. And here's a good one, guys. Drone wars. You haven't seen anything yet. The Pentagon's AMAS, or Autonomous Multi-Domain Adaptive Swarms of Swarms project, would leap automated warfare on an unprecedented scale. Thousands of drones would strike by air, land, and water to destroy enemy defenses. But experts fear humans could lose control of the swarms. Oh, I don't know. Artificial intelligence, maybe, has a mind of its own? Hmm... Or is that demon intelligence? I wrote this down this morning. I was reading my Bible and this popped in my head. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm going to talk a little bit about artificial intelligence and how Satan isn't everywhere and anywhere. And uh, how he has to counterfeit God. He has to counterfeit, you know, he's he's got the, the false prophet and, the, and all this stuff. So he has to counterfeit God on all levels, the Holy Spirit, all this stuff. And I kept thinking, the Holy Spirit, you know. Well, then I thought about this as I was reading my Bible this morning. Artificial intelligence could, you know, potentially be Satan's, quote, counterfeit Holy Spirit. Mm, I don't know. What do you guys think? I thought that kind of struck me this morning. I'm like, oh my goodness gracious. So um, I would do everything you can to stay away from artificial intelligence, especially these chat GPT things and all of this stuff, folks. I do believe this is demonic and wicked. And as Christians, I don't think we need to even get anywhere near that. 
I don't. I just. I, I'm just as a word of warning. I just think we shouldn't. We shouldn't go there. Anyway, red heifers arrive in Israel from Texas in anticipation of a third temple service. Woohoohoo! You guys, you guys. So much stuff going on in the world, and so we're going to talk a little bit about all this. And folks, these uh, headlines that I just read. I'm not going to read all of these articles, but I mean, just some headlines I threw out there. That's from prophecynewswatch.com. Prophecynewswatch.com. You guys can check that out if you would like. It's a good website to go to. Uh, gives you all kinds of good stuff. You can actually watch a little video. It'll kind of give you like, I think it's a minute uh, and nine seconds of just fast paced, boom, boom, boom headlines um, and like quick descriptions you can read. It's really cool. Um, I do like that. But anyway, let's jump into some other articles, shall we? So I want to talk about what's going on over in the UK. Okay. We have a lot of brothers and sisters in the UK and uh, I pray for you guys. And um, you guys are standing boldly for God in a very dark country, uh, a very dark nation. And um, I want a lot more of, of the listeners here in the United States to understand what's going on over in the UK in places like that, in Australia and other places. I did a little bit about Britain yesterday. Um, you know, K. Charles, I'll call him K. Charles. And I'll talk a little bit about why I say that. And just really quick here, there is an article um, at harbingersdaily.com. Uh, and it does talk about a little bit about that. And so it says, to which king does your alliance lie? And it says, uh, though many people would argue that the pledge is harmless, he says, I cannot help but but cast my mind back hundreds of years ago to a time uh, when the refusal to say an oath led to the death of many innocent people. And, uh, you know, he's my second favorite creeping in on number one no just kidding i do love him this is dean dwyer and uh he is um from australia and so i'm so glad that he wrote this article which we will get into and uh it's it's a lengthy article but it's worth it and uh, i think you guys will probably agree um that it is worth it as well and i do want to hop on over here back in this is a harbingersdaily.com by the way uh, and there were a couple other ones that I wanted to talk to you guys about also. Um, let's see. Here's this. Thou shalt not lie. So are Christians contributing to the deception by using transgender pronouns? And I believe they are. I do believe so. Um, if you're doing that, don't do that. God made male and female. That's it. <laughs> That's all she wrote. No, just kidding. That's all he wrote. Right. That's all he wrote. So, um, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's all there is to it. And then, um, so the other thing that I want to talk to you guys about, UK government um, faith advisor publishes review targeting the use of Christian terms like apostasy as extremists. Yes, guys, we'll talk about that article as well. And back away from a text-based faith, wokeism begins with devaluing the words of scripture. And all you got to do to look for that is Andy Stanley. Oh, Andy, you better repent, Mr. Andy. You better repent. Your father was a man of God, but I do not know what happened to you. Anyway, another one. This is a very controversial topic, I know, and uh, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Uh, top experts sound the alarm on antidepressants, a troubling picture no matter how you look at it. We'll talk about that and one more. Courage to speak openly. UK Christians arrested, fired for standing on biblical truth. Guys, this is huge. This is big, and we need to pay attention. And here in the United States, Australia, wherever you guys listen to me from, um, Sweden, there's a bunch of folks. Uh, please be in prayer. We need to be in prayer for each other. 
Um, that's the only way we're going to get through this, guys. I mean, of course, you know, Christ is going to bring us through. But, you know, he gave us prayer. It's a very powerful weapon that we have. It's the only weapon that we have. It's the only offensive weapon that we have is prayer. Praying the word of God. Uh, if you don't know the word of God, you can't pray the word of God. Right? Of course. So get in the word of God. <laughs> but, um, no, we need to be in prayer for each other. We are family. And we're going to spend eternity together. Um, so we better get used to it. Um, but, you know, when I see my brothers and sisters, I would like to say, you know, across the pond or on the other side there, it's so hard. You know, and I know it's coming to America eventually. I know because what happens there eventually makes its way here. Um, and I know that's sad. And, you know, we always like to say that uh, America is a Christian nation, but we are not. We're no longer um, a Christian nation, unfortunately. Um, you know, that... that Slowly but surely, boy, I tell you, Satan got his, his little foothold in there, and now he's got a stronghold, and uh, that's the way he operates. So you always got to be aware, you know, because that's what he does. He roars about, you know, he, he, he prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So let it not be us. Let's stay in the Word and stay close to the Lord. He's our shepherd. That's right. If you ever known a sheep, they're not very smart. <laughs> they they really don't know. They're very uh, defenseless, too, if you've noticed. You know, the little sheep, they have nothing to defend themselves with. They rely on their shepherd for everything, everything. And so that's how we should be relying on our Heavenly Father, rely on Him for everything. Nothing too small, nothing too big for the good Lord. All right. So... Let's jump into these uh, other articles, shall we, you guys? So, Courage to Speak Openly, UK Christians Arrested, Fired for Standing on Biblical Truth. Uh, this is uh, by Decision Magazine. It was posted on the 3rd of May. You can find it at harbingersdaily.com. So, for years, Aaron Edwards, a theology professor at Cliff College in Derbyshire, England, had warned his peers that the school's historic evangelical identity and the right of faithful believers to speak out was going to be challenged if British Methodists voted to permit same-sex marriages. But Edwards says, quote, I never really imagined that I was going to be the fall guy, unquote. On the 19th of February, Edwards decided to address uh, what he sees as shift among British evangelicals. On Twitter, he wrote that homosexuality was, quote, invading the church and that evangelicals no longer see the severity of this because they're busy apologizing for their apparently barbaric homophobia, whether or not it's true. This is a gospel issue, by the way. If sin is no longer sin, we no longer need a savior, Edwards wrote. A firestorm ensued. Within a few days, his superiors suspended him, then fired him on March the 8th from his position at Cliff College, an affiliate school of the Methodist Church in Britain, where he'd served for seven years. Cliff's college has a rich history. Uh, Samuel Chadwick, the renowned evangelist and pastor, once served as principal. Billy Graham preached at the college in 1954. And the late revivalist and author Leonard Ravenhill was once a student there. Wow. So in documents, Edwards was able to review. College officials even suggested that his tweet might warrant a referral to the United Kingdom's anti-terrorism office called Prevent 
Folks, listen closely. So Edwards, who is married with five children, says he isn't sure if the anti-terrorism watchdog was seriously considering a, or merely a scare tactic, but he is now without a job and had received an eviction warning from his landlord when decision spoke with him. Edwards' case is among a raft of similar religious discrimination and free speech cases in the UK over the last several years, and he's not the only clergyman reported or threatened to be reported to prevent yes folks it's called prevent i'm telling you guys straight out of some anyway christian school chaplain ordained by the church of england for example is appealing in an employment tribunal ruling against him after he was forced out for telling students in a chapel sermon that it was okay to question lgbtq ideology bernard randall who served as chaplain at trent college near nottingham was secretly reported to the british anti-terrorism watchdog after delivering a 2019 sermon on identity politics Randall contends he was seeking to answer questions that teenage students had asked him about an LGBTQ affirming diversity and inclusion program that was being pushed on schools across Britain, including the COFE uh, or the School of England um, school where he taught. Pro-lifers in Britain have also felt the heat lately. In February and March, police uh, arrested several for allegedly violating local ordinances by silently praying near abortion clinics. Parliament's response to these arrests was to pass a national buffer zone statute that opponents say will flagrantly violate free speech and rights of conscience. The law would allow potentially exorbitant fines for silent prayer in consensual conversations within 150 meters of an abortion facility. Folks, I did those. I did articles on that. I read that. Those people were arrested for that. Um, I can't. I just can't believe it, guys. We're here. This is your thought police. You know what I mean? Thought you can't get it. Mm. Tell you what. Anyway, for many of the people running afoul of these cultural demands, they are simply practicing what the Bible teaches and what Christian churches have overwhelmingly believed over uh, about marriage, sexuality, and human life for most of 2,000 years. Randall said in a statement to Christian Concern, my story sends a message to other Christians that you are not free to talk about your faith. It seems it is no longer enough to just tolerate LGBT ideology you must accept it without question and no debate is allowed without serious consequences someone else will decide what is and what isn't acceptable and suddenly you can become an outcast possibly for the rest of your life well jesus did say we will be persecuted he did say that what else did he say we are in this world but we are not of this world folks we are outcasts <laughs> praise be to god our father we are outcasts and uh, thank God for that because we're here, but we're not going to be here long, right? Okay, so uh, these cases warn Christians, especially teachers and clergy, that they must count the cost of their, their convictions. Keep keep preaching the truth, you guys. Keep preaching the truth. Don't be ashamed of God. Don't be ashamed of Him. Don't let them cower you. Do not let them do that. Do what you can. Fight the good fight. God will take care of you. Anyway. And then he asked, or they ask, how do we get here? Andrea Williams, CEO of London-based Christian Concern and its Christian Legal Center, which represents both Edwards and Randall, 
uh, says when she qualified as a barrister in 1988, she never imagined having to defend teachers, clergy, or others for publicly questioning such things as homosexual marriages, transgender policies uh, that deny biological reality, or buffer zone laws criminalizing silent prayer. In the late 1990s and early 2000s, Williams says she was beginning to see a few cases of religious discrimination against Christians, but mostly on college campuses. She goes on to say, as the turn of the century, we would have two or three high-profile cases a year, but now it's a high-profile case every single week, Williams says. Christian Legal, uh, Legal Centers gets about a 1,000 inquiries on potential cases every year and has to pass on most of them. Williams says, it's a sad irony that Britain, which gave the world the Magna Carta and English common law rooted in Judeo-Christian view of humanity, is now firmly entrenched in a type of secular human rights law that inevitably pits sexual rights against religious freedom and rights of conscience. When Britain passed its 1988 Human Rights Act, it brought the nation into line with European human rights laws, along with emerging equality and diversity policies in the private sector. These equality and diversity policies pushed by LGBTQ activists in business settings, in schools, and even in churches effectively give them the force of what Williams calls folk law. By the time a particular issue is weighed in a court or a legislative body, uh, it already holds sway in the court of public opinion. And quote says, and uh, what we've seen with the enshrinement of the LGBTQI rights within an equality and diversity framework is that the claims of those identifying with this alphabet soup become, I inserted alphabet soup, <laughs> become on a par with legal protections for religion. Goes on to say, Peter Stanlin, a former uh, C of E minister in Cambridge, Ph.D., who is now pastor of Emmanuel Angelican Church in uh, Tunbridge Wells, southeast of London, says uh, the prevailing philosophical and cultural forces have built enough momentum across several generations to gain legal standing while also accelerating doctrinal erosion in the churches. That erosion drove him to conclude that he could no longer serve the Church of England and remain faithful to God. The end result today is that Christians know and are reminded by media stories that if they openly speak of biblical teachings about sexuality, hell, the uniqueness of Christ, uh, they are in danger of losing their job, being canceled by the water culture, and even being ostracized by church girls, church goers who hope to make some kind of peace with the hostile culture. But while the mood of believers in the UK is somber, Stanlin says there are some reasons to be hopeful because God is at work in the UK and he is determined to glorify his son Jesus to the extent that we are willing to be overlooked by the world says Salem and to be conformed to the image of Jesus who suffered in shame we will become the kinds of people God can use to draw our neighbors to his love I see that happening in churches around the country and I pray it continues under God's control I pray along with you uh, Mr. Stanlin I pray I do I pray uh, in agreement with you in Jesus name. So meanwhile, Edwards, the professor is not backing down. He says he is convinced the British evangelicals have been polite to the fault of losing their voice. Kind of like in America. We do that here in America too. We're supposed to go blind to get along. We're not supposed to kiss. We're not supposed to be mean. We're not supposed to argue. We can't argue. Yes, we can debate. <laughs> and we most definitely need to stand up right now. You guys stand up. 
There's no other time in history that we need to stand up, but stand up right now. We cannot let this carry on, and not on our watch, not on our watch, you guys. We are called to be watchmen on the wall, and that is exactly what we need to do as Christians. I better watch it. They'll put me on some terrorist list or something. I mean, we need to be watchmen on the wall in love, in love. Don't go out and hate. The Bible says don't. Don't fight fire with fire, right? Don't don't repay evil with evil. No, no, no. But we need to stand in the truth of God's word and not back down. Don't back down. No matter what happens, don't back down. You can lose your job. You can lose your whatever. God will ultimately always take care of you. And besides, we have a mansion waiting for us in heaven. So just remember that. Keep focusing on the Lord. Focus on him and his kingdom and all these things will be added unto us. He knows what we need. He knows so when we're standing for him, we may be persecuted. We may go through tribulations. But folks, listen to me now. It's not compared to anything, folks, to what's coming, to what is coming. When we live with our Heavenly Father and Lord Jesus forever and ever, this is like a whisper, like a vapor, okay? Just remember that. Keep your eyes on Jesus always. Anyway, he goes, meanwhile, Edwards, the professor is not backing down. And I'm telling you, we don't need to. He goes, where we need to be gentle and not repay reviling with reviling. As the Apostle Peter says, we should listen to Scripture, Edwards says, but pray for courage because that's what we lack most. And that is the truth. You guys notice that? It's like Christians just cower like, okay. You know, have you noticed that? I've noticed that. Folks, we got to stop that. We got to stop it. We got to stand up. We need to get our backbone. We need to preach the word of God because I'm going to tell you, this is what this country needs. Here in the United States, this is what the world needs. It's what everybody needs. We need Jesus. They're children. They're kids. They are lost. They're looking for something. They're looking at this transgender crap. They're looking at all this stuff because the church is not being the church. We're not supposed to blend in to the culture. We're supposed to stand out from the culture we're supposed to be come out he's come out from them and be separate come out from them and be separate don't be like them come out away from them so when these kids go to churches these days to so these andy stanley and all these wicked apostate churches they're seen as wolf in sheep clothing they're not seeing the church of jesus christ they're seeing that apostate church the church of the world what will eventually um, become the one world religion when the antichrist rises to power so, you know, we had to stand out. We had to be the salt and the light. So salt and wounds burns, right? It's not something that's just, oh, let's put some salt on that wound. <laughs> Yay. No, we're supposed to be that way. We're supposed to call out sin. We're supposed to point people to Christ. We're supposed to preach the gospel. We're supposed to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth of God, all of it, not parts of it. And, you know, back in my younger days, younger days, yay. No, back in my younger days, I, you know, I was same thing. I just kind of went along, you know, and I didn't want to, you know, ruffle too many feathers and I didn't want to offend anybody. You know, those days are over. Those days are over. And you got to think about the blood of those people. Those sins are on my hands because I didn't tell them the whole counsel of God. You know, to be a watchman on the wall, you there's a lot. We are responsible for all of us as Christians are responsible and it's time to take our heads out of our butts and get in, get in line. We need to, you know, line up with the word of God, no matter what it costs. We have to pay that price. We have to carry our cross. We have to. 
days are short, folks. I can't tell you how short these days are. There are murders happening every day, mass murders, senseless murders, evil murders, um, nothing but demonic and satanic. This is what's going on in the world today, and it's going to increase. The Bible said, "What are they, what are they saying? It was it Timothy? Oh, Timothy? I think it was Timothy's going to or Peter. It's going to wax worse and worse." Is what the Bible, the old King James version, wax worse and worse, which means it ain't going to get better. All of you people that think you're supposed to make the world better before Jesus comes back with the amillennialism, how are y'all coming along with that? That's not looking too good for you guys. Okay, just I'm just gonna throw that out there. I don't think you're gonna do it. I don't think it's going to happen. No. But anyway, it's not going to happen because the Bible says that is not going to happen. The Bible told us that things would get worse and worse. And that's why Christ has to come back as it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be in the days when the Son of Man comes back. When he comes back to you, I'm just telling you, the days of Noah was not pretty. Was not as evil continually. They were inventing new ways to be evil, like they are inventing new ways. We have vaccines that are not vaccines. Uh, we have medication that is not medication. We have all of this stuff, antipsychotic medicines, all these crazy things. They're using pharmacaea sorcery. It's the same thing. You got, now, I'm not saying your blood pressure pill is a pharmacaea sorcery drug. I'm not saying that. But they do use pharmacaea. They are using drugs. And so, you know, you have the illegal, illicit drugs that people are taking. They are legalizing marijuana across the whole, you know, and, and back in my college days, I smoked pot. I'll tell you what, ate little Debbie's like a mad woman, but you know, I'm saying that was way back then. I'm not saying I'm immune to any of this stuff. Okay. I'm not guys. I was a drug addict. Um, you know, I did cocaine in college and a lot of it. So, you know, thank God that I didn't die in my sin and Jesus saved me and pulled me out. I mean, I was a Christian, but you know, I got caught up doing cocaine, doing the whole party scene. You know, I did that. And uh, I thank God that he, you know, saved me from all of that. He said, and I remember the day I remember I was, uh, I had woke up, I was on the floor, you know, of my apartment, like beer cans were everywhere. We were throwing this major party. And uh, I was sitting there and I was like, I knew I was going to die. I had pneumonia. I was still, you know, I had this, I was still, you know, doing co, I was in all this stuff, right? And I remember sitting there on the floor and said, I'm going to die. I'm going to die if I don't get out of this. I'm going to die. And I remember crying out to Jesus, please save me. Please forgive me. And folks, I tell you what, never wanted to do a line of cocaine ever again. That was it. That was it. I never did it again. Never wanted it. And so Christ has the power to break all that bondage, all that sin that you were in. He can. He's the only one that's going to save you. He's the only one that can deliver you from that. And I praise God every day that he did. I was probably like 20, 21. I think I was 20. It's 1996. How long ago it was December of 1996. And so, you know, all of us are not shiny Christians. <laughs> we're not i'll tell you what i'm i still probably got some dirt on me somewhere you know to shake that out every day but you know i thank god i thank god for that and i was raised um you know in a christian home and i accepted christ at a very young age and so i'm not saying um that just because you are a christian doesn't mean you're not going to backslide doesn't mean you're not going to go do worldly because god will turn you over he'll let you go out there and do that he's like if you want to sin hey hey you have at it and then you know come back Remember, it talks about him. We turned him over to Satan, you know, to, and then he, of course, you'll come back. And so don't think that just because you are a Christian and you've fallen into sin or whatever, that that's it, that's over. That's, that's not true. Um, that's not true at all. The Holy Spirit does not give up on you. Once you're saved, you are always saved. 
there is no, you know, you're not going to be saved. Like, oh, you sinned. I'm sorry. That was it. I'm going to take that mark right back off of you. <laughs> sorry. No, I'm going to take my Holy Spirit from you. No, that's not how that works. No, once you are saved, genuinely, repentantly, genuinely born again, saved, nothing and nobody can snatch you out of the Father's hand, the Bible says. So don't let anybody tell you that. Okay. Don't let anybody lie to you. That is deception straight from the pit of hell. Don't listen to that. Now, are we going to sin? Absolutely. We live in a fallen world. Um, we have a sin body, a sin nature. Of course we are. Of course we're going to sin. Christ knows that. Jesus knows that. Um, that's why Satan's up there, the, the, the accuser of the brethren. That's what his name means. The He's standing up there accusing us all the time. See, did you see what she did? Did you see her? Did you see she got mad at that girl that pulled out in front of her today in traffic and she cursed her out? Did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that? But then you have Jesus over here saying, you know, he is our defender. Praise God for Jesus. He's our advocate. He's up there saying, but hey, Father, hey, you know, my blood covers her sin. She repented. You know, she asked me to be her savior. So he now sits there and advocates for us. So it's kind of cool. Uh, it's, you know, we don't really think about the dichotomy of all this stuff. We don't really think of all these things that are going on. Like right now, you know, we live in a, we live in a world that we, we only see what we see, right? But we, but we know there are demons around. We know there are angels around. We know there's this whole realm of things that we can't physically see, but we know they are here. Okay. So isn't that amazing? I'm telling you, God is amazing. Um, the Bible is amazing. It's the living and active word of God. And if you're not in there reading it, what are you doing? <laughs> Download the app, that uh, public reading of scripture, P-R-S-C-I, whatever um, app. Download, it's got a great uh, dramatized version of the Bible. You can listen to it. And, uh, oh my gosh, I tell you what, guys, however you can get on the word, get in the word, let the word get into you. Because let me tell you, hello, McFly, <laughs> we're living in dark, dark times if you watch the news or anything like that, guys, you need something to cleanse your mind. You've got to have something to wash away all that evil, wicked stuff that we face every single day. I mean, it's so bad now that, I mean, literally, you know, you can't look at TV. Uh, you can't walk out of your house. Um, people driving by with their stereos, blaring that garbage, that wicked, just, yeah, you know, it's everywhere. So definitely everywhere so we got to um definitely get back in the word of god so we can uh renew our minds for sure for sure i was just curious about oh uh Cade charles here <laughs> so i looked at the uh the british uh, i'm sorry the business insider and it said uh, this is back on uh, the 8th of september 22 it says due to british colonialism king Charles is now the monarch of 14 countries in addition to the UK following Queen Elizabeth's death. And I was like, what? So I was just curious because, you know, here in the United States, we're not too savvy about all that over there. And so I thought, let me just check it out. And so uh, due to British colonialism, it says, which saw the British Empire invade and conquer regions across the world for centuries. Um, he's now the monarch and head of state of the UK and 14 other countries known as uh, Commonwealth Rams. And so uh, Commonwealth includes Antigua and Barbuda, Australia, the Bahamas, Belize, Canada, Grenada, Jamaica, New Zealand, um, I guess Papua New Guinea, uh, St. Kitts and Nevis, 
St. Lucia, St. Vincent, and the Grenadines, Solomon Islands, and Tuvalu. And if I murdered any of those names, I'm sorry. I'm just a country girl from Texas. I do apologize. But anyway, um, wow, I didn't know that. But he goes, uh, he, as, he goes, the king's role as monarch of these countries is largely symbolic. Um, and he will not be directly involved in governing, as is he's just the head of state, not head of government. And so I thought, well, that's interesting because you never know. I never hear anything about that over here. I don't even know. So it's, it's possible the number of Commonwealth realms could shrink during um, his reign. Uh, last year, Barbados officially removed Queen Elizabeth as its head of state and became a republic. Y'all know that? I don't know that. Officials in other uh, current Commonwealth realms in the Caribbean have also signaled that they want out. Meanwhile, there is an ongoing movement for independence in Scotland. Hey, looky there, folks. So... A lot of stuff going on over there. You just never know. I never know. I have to look it up, you know. Uh, we don't get a lot of that news over here. And so anyway, um, you know, guys, we we got we to gotta keep on keeping on. We have got to keep preaching the gospel. Have to. Have to keep telling people, don't let them, don't let them push you down. Don't, don't let them. You know, don't, don't do it over there, you guys. Y'all got to stick to your guns. <clears throat> Wait a minute. Y'all don't have guns over there. Stick to whatever you guys have i don't know knives can you have knives over there whatever it is stick to it keep your kilts on stick to it folks okay <laughs> when i did the uh, uh what is it um oh the ancestry dna because i always wanted to know i was adopted i'm like i always felt irish so you know like, i've got to be irish <laughs> now my adoptive father is irish he definitely was irish oh my daddy was born on saint patrick's day to oh daniel you know oh daniel he goes son of daniel <laughs> so anyway definitely irish and uh, so i thought oh i've got to be irish because i totally i just feel irish you know so i did the ancestry dna well guess what I am Irish and Scottish. I'm Irish and Scottish and um, like Viking or something. And so I thought, oh, well, that explains my temper. <laughs> so I thought, wow, I can't even look at whiskey. I just don't even look at it. Um, nope, nope, nope. And uh, so that's kind of funny. But I thought, well, I always felt Irish, you know. And uh, there you have it. But I'm also England. So I've got some English in there, too. I'm like, how did that get in there? That must have been my mom's side. And it was because uh, my brother that I found, he's a redhead. He is a total uh, total Irishman, especially with his beard. You know, I'm like, wow, buddy. <laughs> so it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. You know, a lot of people were raised and they knew their mom and dad. But, you know, some of us were raised. We didn't know our, our biological mothers and fathers. And so I, I still won't, ever, I won't have that opportunity this side of heaven. But one day when I get to heaven, I'll be able to meet them. And I uh, pray that they, I pray that they're there. You know, I didn't know, but I'm, I know my, my biological mother is. She was definitely a Christian, and I'm hoping my biological father was as well. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, a lot of, lot of stuff going on over there um, in the UK. Um, but, you know, you guys have to stick to your guns. It goes on to say, uh, the end result today is that Christians know and are reminded by media stories if they openly speak of biblical teaching about sexuality, health, the uniqueness of Christ, they are in danger of losing their job, being canceled by the wider culture, and even being ostracized by churchgoers who hope to make some kind of peace with a hostile culture. I wanted to put that up there uh, one more time. Um, man, I tell you, don't, don't let, don't let that hostile uh, culture um, back you into a corner. Don't do it. 
Me, I'm talking to myself here too. We can't do it. You know, we've got to stand for the Lord. So the UK government faith advisor publishes review targeting the use of Christian terms like apostasy as extremists. Guys, this is about the uh, Christian concern posted on the 5th of May, Harbinger's Daily. Um, dot com. Did I think I'd ever be reading an article like this in my lifetime? No. Last week, Colin Bloom, the government's independent faith advisor, published his independent review into how government engages with faith in England. The review recommends mandatory public sector training on faith literacy in education, prisons, and probation in the armed forces, and also makes a welcome recommendations regarding financial exploitation and forced marriage. It is clear that many of its recommendations will apply not only to England, but to all of the United Kingdom. Goes on to say, however, all is not well, for in attempting to tackle mostly Islamic issues, it ends up creating serious problems for Orthodox Christian theology and practice. This is all the more unacceptable given that the author is a professing Christian, a former director of the Conservative Christian Fellowship. Indeed, Bloom was still its director when he was appointed to the role of producing this review back in October of 2019. Review stretches the meaning of extremism. Bloom openly admits that there is no legal definition of extremism, but he proceeds nevertheless to stretch the meaning of the term. And I quote, what is clear to this reviewer is that politically or religiously subversive tactics that violate an individual's right to hold contrary opinions or no opinions at all are firmly in the unacceptable space. Bloom review page 112. The problem is that he doesn't specify limits to this. For example, that religious groups do in fact operate according to agreed doctrines and that adherence to those is often a condition of membership and especially uh, being in a leadership positions. Calling calling people apostates, unbelievers, or heretics is a violation of human rights. Well, oh my gosh, I am violating human rights all over the place. Andy Stanley is a heretic. (laughs) Joe Olstein is a heretic. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? I did. Bloom then makes the following declaration. And I quote, it is a violation of the basic human rights of others and a threat to the freedom of our democracy. I'm sorry, of our democratic society to disparage people, make them or encourage others to make them outcasts, brand them as apostates, unbelievers or heretics, or otherwise shun them because of different opinions or lack of opinion. Bloom review page 112. Uh, Mr. Bloom, you need to read your Bible. The Apostle Paul called out apostates. Hello by name. Yoo-hoo. Mm-mm-mm. Anyway, Bloom does not specify any limits to this principle. He does not say whether it should only apply to the public sector or whether it should apply in, a, in the private and charitable sectors and in private settings as well. On a plain reading, therefore, his condemnation of the language of apostates, unbelievers, and heretics applies to Christians, to churches, and other Christian organizations. In the footnotes, Bloom uh, gives definitions of these terms which are generic and apply to all religions quote apostate a person who has given up their religious beliefs or who has left a religious group unquote heretic a person who is accused of having beliefs that are opposed to the official belief of a religious group and that the religious group considers wrong he even defines shun as if we did not know what that meant so an apostate unbeliever and heresy are biblical terms 
So nowhere does Bloom explain that the terms apostasy, unbeliever, and heresy are originally Christian, biblical, and theological terms coined centuries before Islam ever emerged. The word apostasy comes from the Greek apostasia found in uh, Acts 21-21 and 2 Thessalonians 2 and 3. Unbeliever is a biblical term. Heresy is a Greek New Testament term derived by the Greek word heresias, or I'm sorry, I'm not even going to try that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Of course, uh, the reality is that by condemning the use of these terms against people, the door is open to condemning the use of the terms against the theological doctrines and ideas advanced by various people in the first place. The Bloom Review targets the use of Christian terms as extremists, the unspoken preoccupation with Islamic blasphemy. So Bloom has done this uh, because he is preoccupied with tackling the problem of Muslim punishments for people who leave Islam, which can amount to a death sentence according to Islamic law. The unstated term here is Islamic blasphemy, or to be precise, the use of this originally Christian word to denote a set of offensive statements and practices treated as a crime in Islam Islamic law. It is a notion that lies between the use of the terms apostate, unbeliever, and heretic within, within Islam, yet Bloom never explains this. He doesn't. It is significant that Bloom un, that, that Bloom published this very shortly after Sir William Shawcross review of Prevent, uh, the government's anti-terrorism watchdog, which dealt with this topic. Shawcross dealt with it is specifically in relation to Islamic terrorism and violent crime, not in relation to religion in general. The publication of the Bloom Review now raises the questions as to which review will the government take on board as regards blasphemy, Shawcross or Bloom. And of course, the meaning of true believers twisted. He goes, there are other ways in which Bloom shifts the meaning of key Christian terms. He frames his review as dealing with a distinction he invents between true believers in the world's religion and make believers. He says, true believers, regardless of their faith, are sincere, devout, and peaceful. Government can and wor and should work with true believers. Non-believers, like true believers, are generally sincere, peaceful, and decent. True believers and non-believers are part of the solution to improving society. That's Bloom Review, page 5. True believer here is not someone for whom the beliefs and doctrines of his or her religion matters to the utmost. Make believer is not a Christian term. It's just a term that Bloom invented for this review. Make believers are generally the cause of most of the problems that government encounters in the faith space. Make believers are often uh, motivated by ego, money, prestige, or power, and abuse their position to promote themselves or their causes, clothing them with religion to give them a divine legitimacy. Make believers are a problem both for government and for the communities they claim to represent. That is Bloom page. Review, I'm sorry, Bloom Review, page 5. So, uh, the reasons for the sh over overly sharp distinction between true believers and make-believers is the prevailing official view that Islamic problems are not motivated by Islamic doctrines. According to Bloom's dogma, Islamists are not motivated by Islamic doctrines and strategies. They are motivated only by other considerations. They merely use religion to suit those. This is too neat psychologically. In other words, implausible, folks. <laughs> Have you read the Quran? What it stands for? Infidels. We are infidels and they want us to die. If we don't convert, death to infidels. Hello. Oh, can't get any plainer than that. You know, so the mandatory public sector workplace training about Islam. Here we go, folks. I, I'm telling you, 
this is, oh my goodness, I'll tell you what. So mandatory. So it is in the context of abusing Christian theological terms that Bloom's recommendations about Islam need to be reviewed or need to be viewed. His uh, most important recommendation is mandatory faith literacy training for all all public sector workers about the distinction between the government's definition of Islam and Islamism. He is especially keen on this for prisons. This is because he rightly recognizes the major problem with Islamist agitation in prisons. However, it's not clear his solutions are appropriate. For example, he recommends prisons continue using faith-based Islamic de-radicalization programs, even though there is no solid evidence that they actually work. Recruiting theology graduates to teach RE. Having stigmatized theological terms such as apostasy, unbeliever, and heretic, and promoted uh, a sharp distinction between Islam, Islamism, uh, the report then wants RE in schools to foster debate about different faiths. Now we got Murphy up on on the desk here, and she's gonna go right in front of my monitor so you know that's just how she rolls you guys <laughs> but anyway it says promoting a sharia finance for students so blooms also recommends increasing the availability of sharia finance options based on the claim that some muslim students are self-financing their higher education because sharia finance isn't available to them the evidence he uses to justify this is a claim made on the basis of the so-called muslim census uh, which is in reality a selective survey, not a census of all British Muslims. So, you know, he goes on to say the link uh, with the Islamization of blasphemy talk. He talks a lot about um, what happens when Christians stop speaking out. And so it says uh, Bloom then went a step further and effectively condemned calling anybody an apostate. He says an unbeliever or a heretic uh, as extremist, i.e. subversive of the social order, uh, is self-conceived as uh, multi-faith and pluralist. So this is why it matters that he proudly proclaims at the start of this review that the UK is a successful multi-faith country. If so, why does the review spend so much time on problems accruing to the different religions? He says there is a case for saying Christian to- to- toleration is what enables the success bit. But Bloom clearly thinks that pluralism is what is required. It is perhaps uh, worth recalling that back in 2013, Bloom himself commended the rhetoric of the UK being a Christian country when it was said by Muslim peer uh, Baroness Warsi. So anyway, guys, you guys can check out a little bit more of that um, at harbingersdaily.com. It's a post about the Christian concern. And Murphy's very concerned because now she's up everywhere. She is so concerned. <laughs> So what else? So what else we want to jump on here? So the top expert sounds the alarm on antidepressant, a troubling picture, no matter how you look at it. And this article is by Alex Newman. You can find it at harbingersdaily.com. All right. So as society decays and moves away from God, morality and truth, more and more people, especially children, are being put on dangerous psychiatric drugs such as antidepressants. Meanwhile, a new study confirms once again that there is a strong correlation between school attendance and child suicide. So what is going on? Uh, Yes, Alex, what is going on? So a leading expert in the field who spoke with Illinois Family Institute, Harvard-trained psychiatric uh, psychiatrist, Dr. Peter Bregan, is sounding the alarm about these escalating crises and the enormous threat they represent. 
The world-renowned author and critic of psychiatry also warned that leaving public schools was now the only real hope for families concerned about the horror. The data from across the Western world paint a troubling picture no matter how you look at it. The numbers consistently show, for instance, that prescriptions for antidepressant drugs have surged in recent years. In fact, data shows more than one in six Americans now take psychiatric drugs, mostly antidepressants, with numbers continuing to rise. According to data highlighted by the American Psychological Association, the number of Americans on antidepressants surged by almost two-thirds in just 15 years. The rate of suicides among American children is soaring, too. The phenomenon was almost unheard of prior to a few decades ago, and yet now it is a leading cause of death in American children and still surging. In a wide-ranging interview with the Illinois Family Institute, Dr. Peter Bregan, a psychiatrist trained at Harvard who is also one of the world's leading critics of the psychiatric industry, said Americans should be very concerned about what is happening. He says, I quote, I think it's terrible in every way, he said, about the growing use of antidepressant drugs. Antidepressants cannot change a person's attitude toward life or how they treat other people. It can't change or improve their capacity to love or make them more concerned parents or more well-disciplined children, he explained. Almost all psychoactive substances have one common effect. They blunt the emotional response of the individual. The problems that are being diagnosed psychiatrically, Dr. Bregan continued, are never biochemical in origin, something that runs counter to conventional wisdom. The problems we call psychiatric are based on our human experiences, our suffering, our loves and hates. They are psychological, spiritual, political and emotional issues. The stuff of life, he said. Psychiatrists continued, uh, Dr. Bregan are unfit to deal with these complex problems. In fact, the prominent expert compared the field to a biological, materialistic, humanistic religion in the worst sense of humanistic. This is why psychiatry and its tools are so beloved by the communists to control people because they have the same godless materialistic religion, he added. Speaking of how the drugs work, Dr. Bregan, who served as an expert in multiple high-profile cases involving antidepressants, said they, quote, cause multiple biochemical imbalances where there were none before. Beyond that, these chemicals are basically classes of neurotoxins that cause long-term harm to the brain, he added. Perhaps even more alarming, there is quote, no question that the drugs increase rates of violence and suicide in every age group, not just children, continued Dr. Bregan, who wrote the hugely influential influential book Talking or Talking Back to Prozac and led the push to end psychiatric uh, lobotomies. He also served as medical expert in multiple cases involving antidepressants and murder, and the cover-up is just amazing, unquote. He says, ask why rates of antidepressants use were increasing so rapidly. He said it was not clear to what degree there was, in fact, a mental health crisis ripping through the U.S. population in recent decades. While he acknowledged that the actions of, quote, predators during COVID caused widespread disturbances, Dr. Bregan pointed to public schools and big pharma as potential sources of what is being observed. Among their concerns, the psychiatric suggested marketing and advertising by the pharmaceutical industry was a big part of the problem. A lot of fear and turmoil is created by elites. And then those same elites turn around and make a lot of money selling drugs to deal with that, he said. Blasting big pharma and the industry's indifference to the harm it caused, the FDA serves as the industry's accomplice, uh, Bregan argued. Interestingly, he says, two separate studies in recent years have found a very strong link between attending school and suicide. The latest from the National 
National Bureau of Economic Research noted that child suicides surge when children are back in school and slow down by large margins when school is out for the summer. COVID lockdowns and reopening confirmed the trends. So Dr. Bregan was blunt and he says, I do believe the only real hope is for families to get out of public school system. He said, noting that parents could do a far better job of providing uh, or securing education with the money spent by the state on schools. We've got to get people out of the public schools and into institutions that support God, their religious beliefs, the Constitution, and so on, he said. But the problem goes far beyond just uh, public schools. Right now, all institutions serve mammon, the totalitarians, and big government, he said, noting that he did not talk like this before I started studying what was going on with COVID. The institutions, he added, are designed to serve the rich and powerful and make them more rich and powerful. Dr. Bregan was, uh, who forced authorities and the industry to investigate the link between antidepressants and suicide and violence, is hardly the only expert sounding the alarm. In fact, a report by the Citizens Commission on Human Rights citing dozens of examples in over 30 studies concluded that psychiatric drugs, quote, create violence and suicide, including school shootings. The epidemic of mental and spiritual uh, issues plaguing America uh, went into overdrive in the 1960s as Bible and prayer were expelled from school today by throwing fuel on the fire in the form of dangerous medications, unquote, to deal with the fire this created. A raging inferno threatens to consume even more lives and families. Absolutely correct. Um, Alex Newman, you are right. Folks, do your research on those sorceries. I mean, the pharmacia, I mean, those drugs. And make sure uh, you know what you're doing. Now, some people do have chemical imbalances. I'm saying that you don't. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just throwing articles out there, throwing out headlines, giving you guys some food for thought. Am I right? Okay. <laughs> uh, with that, so much going on, you guys. Um, but my time is almost up. And so I'm going to uh, jump off of here today. And um, I'm going to hop on maybe in the morning, maybe tomorrow. Let me see. There might be some other stuff on here. Let me let me just go ahead and check the Gateway Pundit real quick here. Let's see what see what's happening on the, the Gateway. Um, nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing tonight. It's a blank page, which is not right. But uh, some reason it does not want to come up. But anyway, uh, homeless encampments explode all over America as rents soar and evictions surge. I kind of talked a little bit about that earlier, um, folks. Lots of stuff happening and things are only going to uh, get worse. They're only going to get worse. Uh, Inflation is going to increase. Things are going to get expensive. Um, it's going to get worse and worse. And uh, how do we know this? Because the Bible says so. The Bible tells us so. And um, folks, heed the words of God because he told us what was coming. You know what I mean? I'm telling you. Uh, but with that, guys, I'm going to get off of here tonight. And um, as always, get in the Word of God and let the Word of God get into you. And Maranatha, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Lord Jesus, please come and take us home. Yes. Uh, Father, I just thank you for everybody um, that listens to this podcast. Lord, I just ask God that you would bless them, protect them, and provide for them. Lord, as we put our trust in you, Father, we know you will provide for us and protect us. And Lord, I pray Psalm 91 over each and everybody um, that listens to this podcast. And Father God, we just give you all glory, all praise, and all honor. And Father, we are anxiously anticipating 
uh, your return to take us home. We are looking for your glorious appearing, Father God. We know you're coming to take us home. And you are our hope. And Father, we ask that while we are still here, that you would give us boldness to preach your word, boldness to speak the truth about you, Father God, and to tell the world the good news, the good news, Father. Uh, We thank you so much for all these things, Lord. And I ask you all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks you guys so much for listening.